23 years ago, five teenagers with attitude were selected to defend their city, I mean their world, from the evil space witch, or maybe she was an empress, Rita Repulsa. Now they have a new batch of teenagers who will be chosen to reinvent the iconic brand. You're listening to the Nerd on Mike Commentary. I'm Jeremy Jones. Earlier this year, Saban Entertainment and Lionsgate released the most ambitious Power Rangers project in years, a film whose goal was to recapture the international phenomenon that swept the world in the 90s. Nothing like setting your goals high, only to watch its theatrical release underperform. The film is definitely a step above previous installments of the Power Rangers franchise, but still does not attain the level of quality to be considered a quote-unquote great film. It's interesting when you have a relative bar set for your fandom. Fans of Power Rangers have been subjected to cheap special effects and even cheaper storytelling pretty much since they debuted in 1993. So, as the Ranger Nation meets this new film, they're subjected to dueling stances. This film has stepped up the effects and also dialogue, but it fails to retain the feeling and characterization of Power Rangers. So the film does a great job with initial setup, bringing together an unlikely assortment of teenagers. There is a wide range of characters, none of them perfect, and that is an improvement from the source material. The five teenagers are very human characters, characters we can see improve and develop. We see them grow their bonds and even start to care for each other in a very contrived way. But I say we give them a pass for the sake of story restraints. You can't really make things happen much faster than that without being contrived. The two standouts among the teens would be the characters of Zack and Billy, especially Billy. He's a lovable and probably has the most development worked into the film. He does a great job of portraying a person who is struggling to fit in while also dealing with being on the autism spectrum. Zack is fun even though he uses his laughter to hide his own emotions, which probably is what makes him such an endearing character. To the film's detriment, the movie assassinates the character of Zordon and takes far too long to pick up speed. Brian Cranston is the best actor in the film. I love the designs for the character, from pre-death to a face on the wall, but his characterization is way out of line with the source material. Zordon of Eltar is a Superman-style character. To explain that, Superman was once the most popular character in comics. He was powerful and always did the right thing, but over time he became too perfect, too godlike, and readers lost the ability to relate. DC Comics has struggled to reclaim that relatability with some success in recent years. In the same way, the character of Zordon is an all-powerful interdimensional wizard, whatever that means. He has a perfect moral compass and always says the right thing. The only reason that we can love this perfect guy is because he's trapped beyond our world. He acts as the perfect father figure. Especially in a time when father figures are becoming harder and harder to find, the 90s iteration of Zordon is an endearing character. But this film Zordon is distinctly not that. He's strong and smart, but tries too hard to exert himself into current battles. He's trying to project himself to interfere with the Power Rangers team. Now this works around the story and fits the plot, but the plot shouldn't be telling the tale. It should be the characters who are the driving force that progress the story. The other pain is how long the film takes to put the Rangers into costume. 
when I go to a Power Rangers movie, I want to watch a bunch of costumed heroes fight monsters. I want explosions. I kind of want a Michael Bay film. I don't want to spend the majority of the film training to master a power and become the bestie friends forever. We only get to see these rangers fight hand-to-hand for three or five minutes. Even then, they didn't do a great of job. The only reason they survived was because they called on their zords, and that just seems kind of disappointing. Then we have a great fight among the Zords. So, I mean, I can see why they did that, because in the spirit of Transformers, giant robots make better fights, I guess. But it still would have been nice to see these characters fighting monsters more on a ground level and not just giant boulder dolls. All in all, the film needs more colorful battles. Love it or hate it, this isn't a film that is designed to appease fans of the show but it is approachable for the new generation. I'd love to see more Easter eggs and less attempts to reinvent the wheel. But with its weak theatrical release, we may not see more installments of this potential film series. But I suppose that all depends on how much money Haim Saban thinks he can make off a sequel. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Nerd on Mike commentary. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, I'm Jeremy Jones.